Welcome, everyone, to this live broadcast of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Jim Grady. I am here with Lou Weiss, who is the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. And we are always pleased to talk to Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair from the Institute for Supply Management, about the purchasing manager's index number and the sub-indexes, which really make up what's happening in the report. Tim, thanks for joining us again. Good to be here, guys. Good to see you again. Thank you. So, so the headline number looks strong, and we'll get into the sub-indexes as you walk us through them, because there's some interesting movement there. Okay, you're absolutely right. So we came in close to last month's 53. I mean, if you accept the fact that the index is pretty much operating in a plus or minus 12 and a half point kind of band, 25 point total, we're probably up about 10% in terms of production uh, PMI output in the month of July, which is pretty good. Uh, but if you look at the five sub indexes that go into that number, you're seeing a bunch of shifting. And the first point here is that generally you're not seeing heavy moves. So that means that we're kind of getting, making our way towards that equilibrium between demand and supply that we've been searching for that, you know, um, manufacturing economies and economies in general will always try to adjust to get there. So, you know, let's start off with the, with the uh, demand side, new orders, new export orders, backlog and customer uh, inventory. So new export orders came up, new orders kind of came down. Uh, I, I, I believe that that is a result of a long period of over ordering that will continue to be uh, in a state of overordering for quite some time. I, I, I think that really, depending on the, on the uh, industry sector, we probably doubled our lead times at some point in terms of uh, the ordering periods. And that's gonna take a little while to clean up. We'll talk more about that in the end. Uh, the backlog continues to come down primarily because new order rates are slow. So it's still growing, but at much slower rates. And then finally, the customer inventory number got close to 40, which, is a little bit of a concern, uh, but the panelists are probably believing that since the new order rates are slowing, then most likely the customers have more inventory on their shelves of their product than they did the prior month. So, okay, fine. When it gets to 45, 46, that's about right. That's an appropriate tension level. We haven't been this close in, I don't know, 40 months or something. I think we're 20 months into an under 40 expansion. This one got really close. So so demand is, is where it probably ought to be. Uh, it's not taken off crazy. You wouldn't expect it to take off crazy. Uh, it didn't contribute to the PMI. It actually took it down because of those four numbers, only one of them goes into the PMI index. So now let's look at consumption. This is the employment and the production number. It's generally, uh, you put the two numbers together, it's you know, plus or minus one, two points every month, primarily because first you couldn't get parts and then you didn't have labor. And I think the, the, the parts issue is starting to resolve itself outside of some critical parts like chips and things. The employment issue remains a big problem uh, because you still have a high level of quits and you're targeting 100 people on the factory floor, you hire the 10 that you needed to get to 100 and you got five who quit. So that's continuing to happen. Um, and it seems like in the month of July, even to a higher rate, which you'd be surprised in the vacation period, maybe people took vacations in June and then left their jobs and they came back. But okay, it still hasn't gotten to its right potential. We need that employment number to get to 52, 54. Production number will pop up too with it. That's good. So the big story is really on the input side here. The uh, supplier deliveries, uh, the import number, uh, prices, and uh, manufacturing inventory. So supplier deliveries, it's, it's now at a level that I would consider to be pretty appropriate tension, 55.2. That's pretty good. I mean, I don't want them delivering faster. That's not good. So below 50. 
is not very good. Above 50, below 60, you know, 57, 55, 54, all good. That means we, we have an appropriate amount of tension on the supply chain. Import number finally came back on those four points in a month. Uh, that re reflects the fact that the ports are, are, are uh, getting uh, goods processed and that the sailings that occurred a month or two ago out of uh, China finally got here. They got unloaded. They're on their way. So I think that's an appropriate thing. We'll see what happens as the holiday season hits and what the ports do with that. And the whole longshoreman uh, remains an open issue. Um, you know, prices coming down to 60. We've seen steel come down. We've seen copper come down primarily because of China. We've seen aluminum come down. We've seen oil come down. I don't know how much of that 60 is oil related because oil impacts everything, transportation, energy, uh, raw materials, because you need oil energy to, to convert product. So we're going to see where that goes. 60 is the lowest level we've had in quite some time. Uh, you see it come down to 55 and stuff. That's probably where we want to be. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think everybody's hoping that it goes below 50. I'm not sure how it gets there, especially with the volatility in the oil market. So the other big story for the month is manufacturing inventory. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if I mentioned this, we're still six to one uh, positive demand versus not so positive, six to one. That, that up from three to one in June. So all the panelists are still saying, I'm feeling good about demand through the rest of the year. I'm not concerned about demand. So they're shifting from supply chain issues and prices to you know, responding to the headlines all over the place about recession. So they're giving me much better comments for the period. And that is, I'm gonna give you some feedback on what we see for demand. And it's still six to one. That's, you know, that's really good. If, uh, if all the recession doomsayers were right, that, that would be closer to one to one. But the fact is it's six to one, which is really positive. So let's get into the uh, manufacturing inventory. Now, if you recall, it's raw material, semi-finished goods, uh, it's intermediate materials, and to some extent, it's finished goods. And we've had a real big mix here because people could, would take whatever they can get uh, maybe three or four months in advance of when they normally needed it so that they could focus on the one or two or three critical parts that they absolutely needed. There's a lot more comments in here responding to this recession coming thing about buyers being stuck with extended order streams out there and significantly higher manufacturing materials in their facility. And what happens to those extended order streams if something happens where demand does come down and output uh, gets come, comes in? and they start to look at layoffs. If you look at the entire manufacturing inventory value chain, each company has a piece of it under their P&L in their facilities, responsible for it on their books. Then there's a big piece of it sitting out there in the supply base. And when you've been dealing with two X lead times for a year and a half, there's a lot of it out there that you cannot ignore because it's got to find its way to somebody and that somebody is probably you who ordered it. And you remember, all those comments years of uh, months ago about no cancel, no defer. You know, I got to place these orders with no cancellation, no defer. Companies were telling them, look, I'll take your order, but you can't cancel it. You can't push it out. And people know that. So they're trying to climb up on that stuff and to make sure that they can use it. They're not adding to that. And that's why you see the new order rate contracting because if they were still placing orders like they were, they would continue to be, continue to be adding to that. And that is a, that's a supply manager's problem when things get soft. Everybody looks at working capital. Our job is to help manage that inbound materials. And part of that is to make sure that 
we don't have extended order streams out there that we got to deal with. So that's a lot. And I gave you the summary, 10 minutes of the PMI, the manufacturing sector for July of 2022. Let's go back to pricing. You know, that is 78 to 60, that's, that's quite a drop. Wouldn't that uh, have uh, some major effect inflation-wise, which would then have an effect on the doomsdayers who talk about recession? Well, okay, so it's the fourth largest drop since 1948. I think that's a cool number. That's a cool number. Yeah, it sure is. You dig into it, steel's, steel's been coming down, aluminum, copper, fuel came down, crude oil came down in the month of July. Do you want to make a bet that it stays down? No, I wouldn't bet on it. I'm, I'm really concerned, and that touches everybody. So when people say your price is up, down, or the same, if they're paying fuel surcharges and now all of a sudden the fuel surcharge drops, you're going to see that comment come in. It's really hard for me to kind of separate what's driving that decline in price increases. A 60 level is still pretty high. I mean, in, in a normal growth grow out period, 60 would be pretty high. So, but uh, it's, it's anybody's guess what happens to fuel energy in the month of August. I, I think the concern really is what happens in the fall when this whole uh, European move to stop receiving Russian oil uh, hits, because that's gonna, I mean, you could be looking at $150 a barrel easily. And that's a global price. So it impacts anybody, everybody, whether there's access to the material or not. So I, you know, I like the fact that the prices number came down. It's about time. Does it mean less inflation? I don't know. I think it probably means a less increase in the inflation rate. If you match this against the, the, the uh, ISM forecast, if you remember, we started the year, we thought uh, by May of this year, we'd see an 8.4% growth in prices and that by December, it would be 8.1. So we predicted that the second half of the year, we, we peak out at the end of the first half and by the end of the second half, we pretty much be about the same level as the June timeframe. When we updated that in May, we said that we've already seen 11.4%, so 50% growth in the amount, but that by the end of the year, we see an 11.1%. So we still said that the profile remained, except that the price level would be higher. And a lot of that had to do with Russia invading Ukraine, the energy side and the food piece. So uh, you know, so our now our PMI number, the, the prices number is coming down to 60 from something, well, let's see, we were 84.6 back in April. That's a 25 point drop in, in four months. So it kind of fits the whole narrative that, you know, maybe we'll get back to a 50 point, which then you go back to the forecast we did in May that says that we're gonna run at a fairly high level uh, through the end of the year, but we're not gonna continue to grow the price structure. So I think that's, I, I feel good about our forecast that we're still, there's still a connection there. And I think the fact that prices came down to 60 is really good. I'm just concerned that a lot of that had to do with the oil prices coming down in the month. Uh, a little off the topic, uh, what's your thoughts on what's going on in regards to uh, food? Uh, Ukraine's uh, uh, 60 million tons or whatever that was on that ship uh, that had been detained. Uh, there are shortages uh, continuing. Uh, where do you feel that's going to go? Well, I think freeing up uh, grains and corn and, and wheat and stuff for, you know, the, the African uh, and, the, and the Asian kind is really good. I hope that that works out. I really do. 
Funny thing is, is that our food and beverage sector actually contracted in the month of July to 48. So you think with all the people out there uh, picnicking and beaching and eating out, you think that that number would go up. Uh, the new order rate pretty much flattened out. Now this could be some amount of demand destruction. Our, our area is, is primarily packaged food and preparing food for packaging. It's not agriculture. Uh, production was slightly off from the prior month. Employment, which is a big piece of this business was off. And that could be the reason why production was off. It was contracting at a 45. So that's because employment is big here. Supplier deliveries were flat, inventories were down. So, okay, the, the concerning thing was customer inventories were north of 50. So what the, what the food and beverage community was saying that our customers have plenty of, uh, their inventories are high. So I don't know how that kind of chalks out here. Backlog, uh, flat. Uh, new export orders, pretty significant, 57. Prices coming down, but not at the 60 mark, just a little bit north of that. And imports constrained. So I don't know what's happening here. We had three industry, two industry sectors contract, not heavily, you know, you know, 48 kind of thing. Chemicals and food were two of them. Uh, chemicals is number two. So that's like 50% of manufacturing. And food and beverage is number five now, very close to petroleum and coal products. But uh, I'm, I'm probably more concerned with chemicals because it's been showing signs of, of uh, getting ready to contract for about three months. And it's a, uh, it's a global uh, commodity. And remember, it's plastics, basic chemicals, intermediate chemicals, pharmaceutical. That's the primary elements that go into it. And we've had advantage natural gas. And we still do compared to the rest of the world. So you'd think we'd still be able to export it if there was demand out there. But chemicals saw uh, you know, a contraction here, uh, you know, a point. OK, not a big deal. But concerning new, new orders down below 45, OK, maybe they overordered. Production flat, uh, employment uh, contracting, but it's not a big employer. So not that concerned about that. Supplier deliveries flat, inventories down. Uh, customer inventories again, above 50. So you put those two together and that's the reason most likely why you see the customer inventory number getting close to 40. So between the two of these, uh, food and beverage and chemical products, it's about 20, 26% of manufacturing. So two of them expanding or two high inventory levels is gonna move that number up. So, so we'll see, I mean, a lot of your chemical stuff goes, it's like a tier five category. It's almost like energy. Uh, you need lots of energy to make chemicals. You need lots of feedstock, raw materials, but it goes into everything. Building products goes into uh, uh, any kind of uh, fabrications. It's, it's everywhere. So when you see that thing contract, it's a sign. And, and it's also an aggregator because it's so far down in the bill of material across so many different industry sectors that it tends to get it all. So if you if you think that you have you know over ordering and you have order streams that are kind of coming down now and I'm hoping in the month of August we'll see the re, uh, lead times come down a little bit. You probably would see it first in chemicals because it's seeing all of it. Jim, I have taken a look at previous recessions and employment was always thought of as a lagging indicator but if you actually look at employment changes and when a recession was declared you find out it's actually a leading indicator manufacturers begin to trim their workforce because they're looking out six nine months and when they're not going to need employees but it may be disguised because in previous recessions we didn't have 11 million job openings 
So I'm not sure manufacturers need to trim their workforce at all. Uh, what are the their, your respondents saying in terms of, you know, if they're still positive, are they looking for any workforce trims or are they just going to hold steady and, and we're really not in anything more than a technical recession? Right. Well, I would support that latter. Um, because you know, I'm watching through the comments now, not the numbers, the comments about people putting hiring freezes in and uh, trading out and laying off. And like I said, eight companies reporting, only one of them is doing that. Uh, in the prior month, 10 companies reporting, uh, only one of them was doing that. So the ratio still very much support hiring. And you know, until I see more hiring freezes and a trading out, you know, I think we're still in a, in a positive demand environment here for manufacturing, positive meaning for at least the next six months, because you would not be hiring today if you thought, you know, six months out, uh, six months in, you'd, you'd be laying off. You just wouldn't do it. So we could even argue about nine months, that people outside in nine months wouldn't be hiring people nine months out if they saw demand going away. So, the, you know, and, and like I said, even the, the big companies reporting earnings, they're putting a line in there that says, yeah, we're, we're thinking of trimming 10,000. Well, that, that's really just to play the narrative so that they don't sound like they're not in tune with what the narrative is, which is a slowdown. So, because I, I think I mentioned this earlier, they're not saying that, you know, on August 1st, we're laying 10,000 10, people off, unless they're kind of injured companies that should have been doing it anyway. Most of them are saying that, well, we're probably gonna cut the headcount by 10,000. They don't give you a date. So they're, they're checking the block that management is in tune with having to reduce headcount count at some point. In the meantime, they're gonna hire 20,000 people between now and the time they let go of the 10. And, and sometimes that's a good cleansing. So you hire 20,000, then you clean out the 10,000 uh, that are, are not performing to your expectations. That used to be a common method. To your point, uh, Tim, about um, employee count and so on, the not to bring up a competitor, but I will, the uh, machine tool index uh, has been rising steadily over the last uh, several months. Their numbers are always two months behind, but they're a good indicator for what's six months out. So um, the last report uh, indicated that uh, come the, the fall months, things are going to be a-okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Let's see, you know, our machinery sector is probably, you know, they, they would be in our machinery sector. So right. uh, machinery is still expanding, you know, above the, the, the PMI number. Uh, but there have been some changes, new order levels, because they are a long lead time, just like machine tools are. You know, we're, we're now contracting uh, more so on new orders than the headline new order number. Uh, production is flat month to month, uh, down from some pretty significant growth rates in uh, May and April. But so they're flat. Employment seems to be growing, uh, you know, higher, much, you know, significantly higher than what the headline number is. Supplier deliveries got better, 75 to 57. So that's a yeah. you know huge step. And uh, inventories down, uh, it's still a, above the level of reporting generally. Customer inventories at 37. I mean, that's great. Okay, that's good. So they don't think Buying the customers time. have enough. And at long lead times. But it was 27 the prior month. So it's 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 moving in a backlog of offs, a slightly 
uh, better than our headline number. New export orders flat, prices down 15 points. Yeah, so we kind of fit with that too. I mean, the machine, yeah, that's, a, but it's, you know, it's generally, it's a long lead category. Absolutely. Well, yeah, 12 months, 24 months. Yep. How are chips doing in coming through to the automotive industry, Tim? Has that begun to wane or are they still pretty restricted? Still pretty restricted, slightly worse. Uh, mm. Headline comments, 9% month of uh, June 6th. So kind of a little bit worse. Uh, supply delivery comments, 5% in June, now 8 uh, I think we're, we're all of the mind that this probably isn't going to get fixed inside of the first half of next year. We got another year of this. We're all kind of wow. resigned to that. Yeah. That's... Now they're now talking about uh, building two uh, chip plants here in the United States. Uh, is that premature or is that oh, too late? <laughs> that's, a, that's a three year activity to yeah. put those things in. So, I mean, just the just the foundation alone. I was involved in a company that once was going to uh, build chips way back when. The foundation alone, I think, was like six feet or seven feet. So just just to cure that concrete is probably a two month effort. Right. <laughs> so I think it's all good. That whole Chips Act that uh, got passed, and you know, the mess that came along with it was kind of astounding. But uh, you know, we were you know, the, the manufacturing community is big supporters of that. We need to we need to have a manufacturing capability again, and and it's not just the uh, the two or three nanometer, uh, the transistor gaps, you know, the, the latest chips. It's, it's also as, you know, the White House Task Force on Manufacturing Excellence has reported that there's a bunch of stuff in there to help the legacy chips that most of your stuff that, that we make, we rely on this, the microcontrollers that we've had such a serious shortage of. So there's, there's provisions in there to help that too. So, so now it's really gonna be okay, get the money going uh, get the equipment on order because that equipment's like I said, long team, long lead time, a couple of years, let alone curing concrete. So Tim, what does the GDP look like based on the ISM numbers? It sounds like it's still fairly strong to 2.2 range. I don't know. I haven't been looking at it. Uh, I'm trying to stay <laughs> focused month to month. Yeah. I think this whole argument about, are we technically in a recession or not? It's just a waste of time. Personally, yeah, like I said the last time, okay, we had two successive quarters of uh, contraction. Yeah, all right, but factor inventory in there and imports. And if you took take the both of them out, then it becomes kind of more interesting. In the meantime, nobody's laying off, you know, nobody of any significance. And that to me, and, and you know, you'll see on Friday, probably there's going to be a two to one gap here between available people and what people still need. Okay, so recession is when you run out of money and you run out of a job. And that's not widespread. I mean, when you see the, the uh, IJC go up, uh, that, you know, that that will be a, a big indicator of, you know, continuing claims. I'm watching continuing claims now, not so much the initial jobless claim number every Thursday. It's how many people are still on unemployment. I think that'll be the interesting number to watch week to week, although it lags a week or something. Uh, if that number starts to climb north of three, then we're probably, right now it's at 1.3 million. If it gets north of three, then okay, there's something definitely going on Right now, we're not there. Yeah, you had also mentioned quits, and quits is still pretty active, and that's not something uh, the everyday guy or gal does, just quit their job when things aren't looking good. Yeah, no, 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 you don't. You wait for some <laughs> step to be taken. There was some There was some number that came out last week about the, the quits rate. It was a huge number, you know, like three or four million 
people change their job in the last quarter or something. It was a huge number. So that, that's a federal government number. You know, they're usually late, but they're pretty accurate. So uh, it, it's a huge amount of people still quitting jobs for, for wages. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I think, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good month for manufacturing in July. Uh, I, I agree with, with, with uh, Lou. It's a it's an unusual month in in July because a lot of vacations and stuff and uh, I'm you know I, I did notice in, in my industry there are companies who are taking uh, essentially shutdowns to try to eliminate that confusion factor of fewer people on the factory floor but it'll be hey we're watching now for September I think Lou right isn't that a big manufacturing month yeah yes September. it is yeah yes it September. is September will be the bellwether it's September fifteenth on you can almost do a whole month in two weeks. <laughs> well, Tim, thanks again for joining us and sharing what the Institute for Supply Management pulls together from its respondents. We always appreciate your insight and the, the detail on the sub ending. Really critical. Thank you again. Yeah, you bet. Great to be here, guys. See you. Uh, see you in September. See you in September. They ought to do a song about that. You know. Thanks, guys. See you. <laughs> Thank so you. That is. That is really encouraging information. We encourage everyone to go to ismworld.org if they want to actually see the report. And they've got a very graphic uh, based report that's interesting. As well as go to jacketmediaco.com where you can find all of our podcasts, including Manufacturing Talk Radio. And thanks again for listening to this live broadcast here from Jacket Media Co. Take care, Tim. As always, it's great to see you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.